0: All right, so we've been in this series in James, and we are um, getting through it. Got a few more weeks to go till the end of November. And uh, so these are some of the themes that have been addressed so far. This, there's a bunch of them. James is kind of, it seems sometimes, as we said from the beginning, he sort of jumps all around. But there is some things that are sort of woven in, again, as he's writing to this, this church that's, that's scattered all over. But there are some particular issues that are, are common And so some of the things that he's been talking about that we've addressed uh, from chapter 1, trials and testing and temptations, and in that, we'll refer to this in the sermon, but he says, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, and God will give generously to all without finding fault. We've talked about receiving the face or this impartiality and how that was just a, a blight on the church when you actually uh, separate, when you actually ha- show discrimination among yourselves. We talked about faith without deeds and that, how that is dead. Last week, we talked about trouble with the tongue and I've heard from, from a number of you saying how you know that was, was applicable to, to your situation and things that you were going through at the time, just how important, how significant words are in your life, the, the power of words. So on the heels of this chapter, from chapter 3, verse 1 to 12, we get into this. And James starts out after saying, Not many of you should assume to be teachers— those who are, were considered wise and, and influential in the community, um, he starts out this, and this is sort of carrying on. And he says, who is really wise and understanding among you? Who, is, who really is a teacher? Who, who are the ones that are actually teaching you wisdom from God? And so in this today, as I look among you, you might say, well, I'm not, I'm not aiming to be a teacher. I'm, I'm comfortable right here in this, this comfy orange pew. Right? Maybe you're not, you're not aspiring uh, that kind of teaching uh, position. But this does speak to, to all of us as far as how we seek to apply wisdom and what kind of wisdom we have. So who is really wise and understanding? So in James 3, 13, 18, what we read, the writer James, he identifies two sources of wisdom and their, their fruit. First of all, earthly wisdom. And he says, this results in, in disorder and vile practices, vices, things that hold you down, contrasted with heavenly wisdom, which results in godly virtues and righteousness, which stems from peace. So we're going to break these down a little bit, and I'll, I'll tell you this, um, this, this sermon isn't really nicely linear if you're one of those that likes to kind of follow things through and and verse by verse we often do but today it's it's going to jump around a little bit so stick with it but um, I don't know it could be fun that way. All right so first of all he talks about this earthly or what he says is unspiritual or natural or even demonic wisdom. And it's not really wisdom at all. It's, it's kind of this pseudo or, or a false wisdom, thinking that the world's wisdom is a real wisdom, but it's, it's truly not. It's really foolishness. But when we think of something as this word that he uses is demonic, that's a pretty strong, strong term, right? And we've heard James speak of this already, where he says the demons actually have a faith. It's not a saving faith, but they, they are you know, theists in the way that they believe in God, right? But they, they, don't, they don't act on it. You know, they, you believe in God, one God, good. Even the demons, he says, believe in, in that. But they shudder. But it doesn't actually change them. It doesn't mean they, they actually live it out. And so we've heard this term from, from James. And so what is he talking about here? This natural, this, this unspiritual, demonic kind of wisdom. We think sometimes of, of demons or, or of Satan. Uh, you know, maybe even thinking of with Halloween tomorrow, if you 've seen costumes or something that looks looks evil, looks demonic, and we have this picture in our mind of maybe this you know this red red dude with with horns and a pitchfork, and it 's something that oh, that should instill some some fear or something in us when we think of satan or or demons like that and it 's not that that isn 't real, but what James is talking about here isn't isn 't that kind of physical, visible evil. It's something that's actually internal. It's something that causes us to act the way that we act in a, in a worldly way. See, throughout Scripture, what's demonic is actually that, that temptation to put self on the throne rather than God. And this is what we see as, as he describes this kind of this worldly or demonic wisdom. What does it cause you to do? First of all, he says it causes you to be jealous or envy. This is when someone has something or gets something that you desire or you think you deserve. And so there's a job opportunity and you get passed over and a colleague gets it. There's a position on a team and you think you deserve it, but you don't. Someone else does. Someone gets more social media likes or followers. Someone gets married or has a child. When you desire that and it's not happening for you. And listen, it's okay to be disappointed. There's going to be things in life that disappoint and don't turn out the way that you want it to turn out. But what changes it from uh, resulting, from drawing from this, this worldly demonic wisdom... James is talking about, is when you, it turns to jealousy. When it turns to something where you can't actually congratulate someone for getting something because it's something that you've wanted. And there's a bitterness that, that starts inside you. So you recognize this work of jealousy when you just, you just can't be happy for someone that has had something good happen to them or a blessing in their life, and it just causes you to not be able to bless them or say, that's, that's great. There's a jealousy or envy, causes you to be contentious. This this word contentious is kind of the, the, aligned with selfish ambition. It's like you want to be, you want to get your way, and so in every situation, every social environment, everything in your family, workplace, it's just there. There's a contentious. I don't. Know, maybe you recognize something. It's often you recognize it more in someone else than in you, right? But you can probably think of somebody and you're like, they're just, they always just want their way. And they're always self-promoting. And this is what James says too. It causes people to be, to be arrogant and boastful. Always self-promoting. This is worldly wisdom. Get yourself ahead. It causes me to be deceitful. Putting up a, a false front, to, to lie. And this is really the opposite that James says as far as godly wisdom as he says, is one of the fruits of that is being sincere. There's no hypocrisy. But we don't see that with worldly, demonic wisdom. There's a falseness. It causes disorder and division. When this kind of wisdom is your source, it causes marital, family breakdown, it causes stress and tension in your workplace, and it causes division in the church. Again, James says the opposite of this. He'll, he'll point out that, is that Biblical or godly wisdom, heavenly wisdom is peaceful, peaceable. It's the opposite. Okay, so then he talks about heavenly wisdom. A few key truths I want to draw from the fullness of scripture and then a bit of jumping around through each of the descriptors uh, that James uses. All right, so first of all, this, what do we do? We start with this. There's a little play on words there. Start with this the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. We hear this over and over again in the book of Proverbs, a deep resource, I'm sure, of James. As he's written these things down, you see that there is a connection with Proverbs. So the fear of the Lord is the beginning. That's the start of wisdom. What does that mean? Simply this is that fearing God, having a reverence and an awe for God, simply says, you're God and I'm not, leads you to surrender. While demonic wisdom causes you to to stand up arrogantly, self-promote, heavenly wisdom starts with meekness. That's what it says in verse 13. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show it by his good behavior. Good conduct that comes from, from meekness, humility. Meekness, this term that is used often to describe Jesus and is, is a quality, character quality, that is supposed to be of us as, as Christians. Meekness. Not weakness, but meekness. It's a strength that is, is under control. And you see this in, in the life of Jesus, where he was, he was meek, and he had all the power as he was God. And yet he submitted himself, surrendered. He was strength under control. So wisdom is, if you say, seeing things from God's perspective. And when you realize, okay, God, this is your perspective and this is my perspective, and you recognize, okay, mine is, mine is wrong. <laughs> mine, is, mine is not right. Because I, I can't see all that you see. I don't know all that you know. And I come face to face with that, and there is reverence and an awe before God. You're right, God. That's where we start. You can't go any farther than that. You can't have heavenly wisdom or wisdom from God without recognizing God. You are God. You are holy. You are right. And I'm not. We start with that. We have a clear picture as well of, of what wisdom is and who Wisdom is and that is Jesus Jesus Christ the Son of God fully man fully God the Bible says is the wisdom of God personified here the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 1 24 he says we preach Christ crucified a stumbling block to the Jews and foolishness to Gentiles but to those whom God has called <clears throat> both Jews and Greeks Christ, the power of God, and listen, and the wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom, and the weakness of God is stronger than human strength. It goes on to say in verse 27, but God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are. So that no one may boast before him. It is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus, hear this, who has become for us wisdom from God. That is our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. Scripture's clear. You want to know what wisdom is? It's Jesus. The wisdom of God is personified by Jesus. Jesus. And so we start with having a recognition of, of who God is and that we are not God. But it has to go farther than that. It has to be that we understand what wisdom is and who wisdom is, and that's Jesus. And so if we want to know wisdom, we must know Jesus. If we wonder, what does this heavenly wisdom look like? We look to the life of Jesus. A life of meekness, surrender, self-sacrifice. Self-sacrifice. And if you read through these descriptors that we'll kind of walk through a bit in the next little while, those descriptors coincide with Jesus' words read earlier from the Sermon on the Mount. Pureness, gentleness, peacemaker, merciful. These are character qualities that Jesus not only preached, but he lived. We must know Jesus if we want to know Wisdom. Third, there's spirit help. If you go into a, a bookstore and, and you're, you've got a question, right? You've got, I need wisdom. I need to know what to do. And so you go into a, a bookstore. Well, I mean, it used to. I don't know. I guess there's still there's still bookstores. But there was a, a self-help section. And so you go, it's like, here's how to help yourself. And and it's, it's a lot of it. I mean, I haven't read a lot of self-help stuff. But I go to a different source. But... My understanding would be that it's, it's kind of, how do you improve yourself? Make yourself better, how to find some answers within yourself. But that's not the way of Jesus. It's not the way of followers of Jesus. There is spirit help. We don't have just an example of wisdom in Jesus. We've been given power and understanding from the spirit to live out wisdom. And this power from the spirit comes to those who believe the indwelling power of the Spirit. 1 Corinthians 2, 12-13, the Apostle Paul again says, What we have received is not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, so that we may understand what God has freely given us. This is what we speak, not in words taught us by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit, explaining spiritual realities with Spirit-taught words. So again, you want wisdom? If you're asking for it, calling for it, where are you finding it? This is where James has told us this, that we can ask God, he'll give generously, and this is how he provides it. He gives us a spirit who lives within us. When Jesus, he died, he rose again, he ascended into heaven, but before that he said, I'm not going to leave you alone. I won't leave you as orphans He says, I'm going to, instead, I'm going to send you another like me who will guide you into truth, who will be your comforter, your advocate, the one who will walk with you in life. The power of the Holy Spirit is within us. We're not alone, and we're not without a source of God's wisdom. It's from his Spirit. All right, next one. Calling all wise guys. Again, I'm not taking this from James, but this is extra biblical understanding of wisdom calling all wise guys so we say this James says who's wise and understanding among you and and you have to read this not sometimes like say well who's who understands me right those are the people often we go to i'm going to you know i just i don't i go to that counselor and i just don't think they understand me they're not saying things that i want to hear or you go to a friend and, and they just oh that person really gets me. That's that's not what James is talking about. He's saying, who is who has wisdom and who has understanding from God? So with this, I'm just encouraging you to say, recognize those people in your life. Surround yourself with those people who have wisdom, who have understanding, and go to them. They may very well be the answer to your prayer from God. One of the descriptors that James uses of heavenly wisdom is open to reason, or some translations say willing to yield. Okay, I don't know if that one caught your eye. I'd say um, mark that one down or highlight that one in your journal if you want. That's very, very uh, <clears throat> intriguing words there, open to reason or being willing to yield. This is a wise person who has wisdom from God, right, willing to yield, <laughs> teachable. Tanya and I, we, we uh, have talked about this before. We engage in a lot of things at, at home in our, our um, I don't know, personal time or off time or whatever, where we do some projects around our house or we, we do a Christmas market once in a while. We put together some kind of things that we, we do for that. And, and we like doing these projects together. It's marriage building, Right. Yeah, and the, the thing is, the challenge is, is that we've determined that we each have our own unique process. And, uh, and they don't exactly always align. But we manage to, to get through things, and usually the things we, we ultimately end up doing are, are okay. But the beginning of the process is a challenge for us. And so my process is this which I think is the right way. (laughs) I get myself, you know, set up, got the tools, everything, and then I start in, and I I work a little bit on this, and then I go over here, and I work a little bit on that, and then I make a little bit of mess over here, and then I make more of a mess over here, and then I get, oh, I get bored, and then that one, I should complete that one, and then that one's not quite ready, and it's just kind of chaos. This is my process, but I'm very comfortable with it, Tanya, on the other hand, she likes to lay things out and organize and say, this is the first part of the process. Let's, let's get all of this stuff done, everything that we need. So say we're going to put some wood projects together. You know, there's, there's first of all the cutting and then the sanding and then, the, you know, the cleaning, making everything kind of dust free and then the staining. Well, I've been doing that all along. That's just the way I, I roll, right? But what happens is, is that there when you have two people working on something together, there has to be a bit of willingness to yield. Right? Like someone has to say, you know, your your way actually is pretty good. And I will admit that's usually me saying that to her. Because her way is pretty good. And it usually makes sense. This is what James is talking about here is like when you're in a relationship with someone, there's, there's wisdom, and earthly wisdom, this demonic wisdom. You know what it says? It says, my way. My way is best. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dominate it. I'm going to say, this is how it is, and I'm going to crush you. Self-promote. Whereas wisdom from God says, you know what? Let's, I'll be willing to yield. I'll be willing to say, you know what? Your way is right. And maybe next time you'll say, your way is right. This is, this is the idea. There's, there's compromise. Now listen, what he's not saying is this. He's not saying compromise on things of the gospel. He's not saying be willing to yield on, on things as far as who the person is in Jesus Christ. He's not saying be, be willing to compromise as far as you know, the, um, the validity of, of Scripture and, and the importance and the understanding of the authority of God in Scripture. Like He's not talking about those things. He's talking about in relationship how we live this wisdom out, sometimes this is what he's talking about, willingness to yield. And this is what happens when someone comes along and says, in my counsel, however God is showing this to me and points out something in your life, that you're willing to accept that and say, I'm seeing it from your perspective. Wise people have that that way. And so if you recognize people who are wise who have understanding, do you listen to them? Will you yield to truth when it's spoken to you? Proverbs 12, verse 14 says, The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man listens to advice. Proverbs 13:20: Whoever walks with the wise becomes wise. But the companion of fools will suffer harm. And Proverbs eleven fourteen 14 says, Where there is no guidance, a people falls. But in an abundance of counselors, there is safety. So, a little word to you, word to the wise. Listen to wisdom. Listen to those around you who have wisdom and call on it when you need it. All right. This heavenly wisdom is needed, it's tested, and revealed in everyday life situations. This is one thing we've said about the book of James. It's practical, it's, it's feet on the ground, this is stuff that has teeth. This is stuff that you can say, okay, I need to walk this out and live this out, and this is what wisdom is. You don't think of someone that's wise as someone just, you know, sitting in a, in a high tower, you know, punching away on his computer and answering the phone and having all the answers. That's not someone that's wise in our minds. It's someone that lives it out, the wisdom of God, and there is fruit. There is evidence of that wisdom. And this is what James says. First of all, wisdom from God is pure. He's talking about the heart. Right motives. We start with that. Is it it my motive? Is it my desire to please and honor God? Is that the purity of my heart motive? Wisdom is needed in everyday situations. And so, I want to present to you with this, this very, very important question. And if you get nothing else out of this message, but write this down. Is asking this question in everyday life. What is the wise thing to do? What is the wise thing to do? What is godly wisdom telling me to do? Now, some of us here, and depending on how you're raised or how your mind or, you know, your life operates, you might be very comfortable in the black and the white or the right and the wrong, right? And so I want you to be really clear on what I'm saying here. I'm not, I'm not saying that, you know, truth is relative and there's no such thing as right and wrong. There is absolutely truth, there is clear things in God's Word that say this is right and this is wrong. But in the midst of our everyday life, there are some challenging situations that we have to walk through, that there is a higher standard than just, is this right or is it wrong? And the question that God's word asks us over and over again, is it wise? Is it wisdom from God that's applied, that's lived out in your life? Now, I want to test this. If you want to have a little fun today with me, all right, test this out. So if you are, uh, let me ask you this, okay? You can, maybe every eye should be bowed, I don't know. How many of you are, are pretty black and white, like thinkers? Like you just this is right, this is wrong. It's clear. Boom! Don't be afraid. This, how many of you? Okay. Wow. There's there's a lot of you. Just <laughs> Just hold your hold your stones. <laughs> you know, for a little bit. Don't throw your rocks yet, just yet. But okay. Um, yeah. Then that, that's that's okay. There is there's good. There's, I'm glad that there are are you people. And I'm not. I'm probably one of those too. Better drink some water on this one. Okay. Alright, here we go. Are you ready? Real life situations. I'm gonna ask you this question, but this is, this is kinda, of, you don't have to answer this publicly. Don't embarrass yourself or shame anyone in this. Okay. Is it wrong to drive over 130 kilometers an hour? <laughs> Weren't you the black and white people over there? No. <laughs> It depends, right? Uh, if it, who's driving? Okay. So, that, you know, there's a good question. Is it wrong to drive over 130 kilometers an hour? Well, know this. Um, here in Alberta, we have a set limit. But in the, on the Autobahn, hmm, right? Germany. This is what I, I read on, on the internet. Germany is the only country in Europe to not have a general speed limit. Instead, it has a recommended speed limit of 130 kilometers per hour. You can choose to drive faster than this. It's not illegal, but it's not recommended. It's a guideline. Kind of use your own wisdom. Okay? All right. With me so far? All right, here we go. Again, don't, don't answer these. You don't have to verbally say anything. You can if you want, but all right. All right, it is okay to smoke marijuana. Well, there's a legality issue, but that legality issue depends on where you're at. If this is the basis of your rightness or wrongness, depending on legal, um, I was interested in this, so I, not not in smoking marijuana. (laughs) (laughs) I was interested in the legality of where it is legal It is apparently changing all the time in, in the states. Uh, not that we live there, but I was just curious as far as if you read all this and it says this is what's legal here, this is what's legal there, and on and on and on and where they're fighting, where they have all these things. But apparently right now, currently, not in Idaho or Indiana, there's probably, probably more. But again, this is something that changes all the time. So if our, if our rightness is based on some sense of legality, um, that would be challenging. But there is a question of wisdom. Is it wise? All right, so same. Th- let's go. Okay, a few, few others. Um, <clears throat> it's not wrong for a man to have lunch with a woman colleague who is not his wife. They're having lunch, right? Talking about work. But it may not be wise. Might be, might be totally fine, might be totally okay but you don't know. Something might be going on in their marriage, there might be an attraction from work, you don't know. On the the basis of it, it's meeting, having lunch. Nothing wrong with that. But it may not be wise, okay? It's not wrong for you to be on the internet, surfing the internet at 2 a.m., right? There's nothing wrong about it in itself, but it may not be wise. Might be tired, might be no one around, can easily be tempted to do something wrong. It's not wrong for you to go into a casino with your life savings in your pocket. Say it with me. It's probably not wise. All right. Okay, we're going to get a little, little pokey here. All right. It's not wrong to do Halloween stuff on October 31st. Question mark. Is it wrong, right, or wrong to trick or treat, dress in a costume, give treats when kids knock, carve a pumpkin? Is it wise? Is it wise not to? This is one of the situations. It's before us. It's right tomorrow. And I know in conversations with some of you, this is this can be a, a real passionate conviction, one way or the other. So what do we do? How do we apply wisdom in that? See, it might be. That you have a strong personal conviction that everything about October 31st and, and Halloween is sinful or evil. Or if you've had a past that's, that's had some influence of the occult. If you desire, just honestly, to, to protect your kids. And wisdom would guide you to have, have nothing to do with it. Then you have the freedom to walk in that conviction. But on the other hand, if you are one who feels that for us as as children of light, that we can actually step into darkness and we can be a light, we can be an inviting warm presence on our street instead of being known as that, you know, that dark house, that grumpy Christian with the X out Halloween sign on their doorstep that says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Maybe being a part of our Trunk or Treat event tomorrow and including little invitations to our kids' quest and youth ministry, perhaps it, for you it might be a use of wisdom to say, I'm going to light a candle instead of cursing the darkness. You see what I'm saying? Is that wisdom is something that you apply in life, in life situations where it's not always black and white, where we walk it out. Do we have the wisdom of God in us? Finally, as we conclude, just looking at the the results he talks about, the results of this, this wisdom from God, is actually righteousness brought about by peace. Righteousness, justice, mercy, all the, the beauty of the kingdom of God flourishing in our world, and it's through peacemaking. Wisdom is peaceable. Blessed are the peacemakers. The way of peace that James says brings about this, this kind of kingdom life. The other night after hockey, I was, uh, it was about 10 o'clock, 10.30 at night, and I was coming home, and as I was about to turn a corner, I saw at the last minute a guy that was on a kind of a moped with a very dim light. And I just about turned, and I saw him, and I honked my horn because I didn't see him, and I didn't want to hit him. And as he came by, he uh, looked at me very angrily, flashed me uh, a, a gesture, <laughs> and, uh, and drove by. And, uh, and I turned, and as I turned to follow him slowly behind him, <laughs> until he stopped... And I pulled up beside him, and I rolled down my window, and as he was just gearing up, like, to throw down or something, and I just said, I'm sorry, I didn't see you. And I was concerned that you might get hit by someone. And I said something kind of weird and embarrassing, but I said, you know, I also ride a bike. (laughs) And I would hate to kill a fellow biker. And then I thought after, he's riding a moped. Uh seemed right at the time, but it just came through like I would hate to hit a biker when I'm a biker. But that aside from it, I just said, I'm sorry, I, I didn't see you, and your light is almost out, and someone could hit you. And and his whole demeanor just changed from being like throw down to actually like oh. Yeah, oh, you know, I was thinking about that the other day, and I just forgot to change the bulb. It just completely changed the whole environment of the situation. Peacemaking in everyday circumstances of your life. Because the worldly wisdom is going to be, man, like aggressive, throw down. It's just going to be like self-protective and aggression. But wisdom from God is just like, I'm going to step into that situation and to seek to bring about peace. I could have just driven away and let the guy be angry, you know, that I just about hit him or whatever. But I just felt like, you know, this isn't—it's not the way I want to live my life. Like, if there's someone that's angry at me, I want to move toward it and help to resolve it and reconcile it. That is—that's the wisdom of God. And I, I confess that's not going to be my go-to <laughs> every time, um, but I want it to be. And it's when I ask for wisdom from God, that's what the fruit of it will be. So listen. Wise people who seek wisdom, they seek to walk in wisdom, they bring about peace, the shalom of God, the, the blessing, the wholeness of God, they bring his kingdom on earth. So let me say today, if your life, uh, if you evaluate it, maybe allow someone to speak into your life, um, if it reflects this this earthly, demonic wisdom, it's not wisdom at all, but you see there's bitterness there's negativity. There's, there's critical attitudes about everything. There's selfish ambition without concern for others. The result, James says, will be disorder. And that is, that is deadly in your relationships. And it's deadly especially in the church. So let's not have that here. Because it's like showing partiality or, or the tongue being out of control. It's something that stains the body. If, however, your life is guided by godly, heavenly wisdom, and these virtues are, are evidence, and you're seeing the fruit of that more and more in your life, in your decision-making, in your behavior, knowing that, you know what, sometimes we're going to get it wrong. God is gracious. But ultimately, James says, the result will be peace, and that's where the body shines, and it just grows a beautiful crop. So I'll leave with you with these three questions for reflection. Asking yourself, am I drawing from, what kind of wisdom am I, am I drawing from? Am I drawing from heavenly wisdom? Am I receiving it? Am I asking from it, from God for it? And then am I able to recognize the fruit of this wisdom in my, my everyday life? Am I willing to yield? Is there sincerity? Is there lot, no, no hypocrisy in my life? Fruit of Mercy. And finally, am I a peacemaker in my everyday contacts and experiences? That's what wisdom brings about. It's peaceable and brings about peace. Let's pray.